Live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night. Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240. Paul Nolan's here with the news. Rick Delgado's here. Rick Amorati's going to have sports. Geo Fran holding it down. Those of you who just watched John Solomon's special on securing our elections, welcome on in. We watched it as well live on our social media with the great live from Studio 6B audience. I thought there was some great stuff that came out of that hour. I'm not a huge fan of the governor of Georgia because he was just not there when he was needed. He was just MIA. It's nice to see that he wants to be in the fight now. But of course, you know, where were you when it really counted? Uh, Nowhere. When your state legislature was in the dark, when Stacey Abrams was having a consent decree with your secretary of state. And then after the election, you could have brought the legislature back into a session where nowhere. That's where he was. But um, and then we heard from. Well, I don't know. There was some good stuff. People are trying. Don't forget Phil Klein. He was good. Phil Klein is fantastic. Phil Klein was on the Zuck Bucks, as they call him, uh, early, early, early on. And the stat he gave, Zuckerberg spent more money. I I don't know if I have this exactly right. I think he said Zuckerberg spent more money than the federal government had. um, He gave some unbelievable stat. Something like Zuckerberg spent more money on his own than I think um, the na- the Republican and the Democratic National Committee spent combined. Yes, yeah, something like that. Right, was he spent seventy six billion to sway the vote? I think it was about. A, I think it was five hundred. Oh, I'm sorry. Right, I'm sorry. Five hundred. Yeah. So My I man, mean, I'm just sorry. um, just some just crazy. So, but some good things. Some good things going on in Arizona that we learned. Obviously, the Georgia law, which is, of course, the Democrats. The overriding theme that we had here watching it for the hour is uh, what we've talked before about. It just seems like the Republicans just don't know who they're fighting. They don't know who they're up against in Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats and Chuck Schumer. And, it's, and you know, well, we, we have polls that say that it doesn't matter what the polls say. The Democrats are in charge. They've got no majority in the Senate except for Kamala Harris. They've got a 10-seat majority in the House, and it doesn't matter. They could have a 10,000-seat majority. They get the same amount done with 10 seats as they could with 1,000 seats because it does, nothing stops them. They don't have Mitt Romney's in their party. They don't have some of these rhinos in their party. They don't have Susan Collins's. They don't have Lisa Murkowski's. They all line up Pelosi. She turns around with the whip and says, here's what we're going to do, and if you get out of line... Uh, you're not going to get out of line. And that's how, they, that's how they operate. And as I said to John Solomon last night, I'm not holding my hope out on the country, on Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema. Sorry. And, but, what, but you may not have a choice. What have we seen in the last 24 hours? We've seen Joe Biden go from no court packings of um, a boneheaded move when it was tried before and no i'm not going to do it get 41 g found some more stuff of of biden during uh the campaign he was asked watch this this is an interview he did with the weekly roll that speaking of those other candidates several of them have proposed major structural reforms to our government and to our democracy these include abolishing the electoral college uh, expanding the size of the supreme court setting term limits for justices abolishing the legislative filibuster which if any of these do you support none well three (laughs) out of those four three out of those four 
saw legislation proposals in the last 24 hours. So now that means if I have this right, D, let me just see if I can wrap this up and encapsulate it. Either he's a liar, which he probably is, or he's a complete puppet and his word has no value in the White House. Either way, he's incompetent, useless, or corrupt, or all of the above. I'll vote D, all of the above, Johnny. Yes, that was Joe Biden, the candidate. No, not for core packing. That we've seen. After he said he's going to have some commission to look at it, that's obviously out the window. Because Ed Markey from Massachusetts is all, is all behind it. When Trump was in office, Markey standing outside with a sign that says, we need nine, when they were filling the last, when they wanted to fill the seat with uh, Merrick Garland. He's outside, we need nine on the sign. Now today he's outside, expand the court. Oh, did he cross out the nine and put a 14? I mean, could you get a bigger phony than this guy? Empty suit phony, but they can be that. It doesn't matter. They can be phony right in your face. They can be phony. They can lie to you. They can be corrupt. It doesn't matter because they stick together when they need to. Well, they're all on the same ideological mission of Marxism in America. America Meanwhile, we have all those rhinos who are Marxists too. Or greedy, you know, leeches, lice on society, sapping off us, you know, because they don't want to give up their cushy jobs. I mean, this is what we're dealing with. The Romneys, the, the, the McConnells, the McConnell. It could be one discernible difference between him and Pelosi. Yeah, he voted for the ambassador as well, by the way. Because they're going to scratch each other's back. It's the same old thing. These these Republicans, these, these rhinos have just, they're not even... They, they're so much worse than the Pelosi's and the AOC's because they're traitors. At least we know what the enemy is. Right. Boy, isn't there, isn't there a lot of truth to that? You, you know where they stand. They don't hide it. They don't change it. And you get these Republicans who run as one thing, get in there, and then play ball as another. And it's just that they have no courage of their convictions whatsoever. They're all over the place. They fly with the wind wherever it blows. Yet almost rather the opposite. And they don't deal with that on the left. They just don't deal with it. They burn the place down on their way through and they stick together arm in arm length. They never have a defector, ever. That's why if you're holding out for uh, Kristen Cinema or, or Joe Manchin, which is what it's going to come down to at this point, as far as I can see, there's a lot smarter people than me that maybe tell me I'm wrong. But you've seen now the filibuster is up for debate. They're going to go after that. They've now introduced legislation to go after the Electoral College. They've now introduced legislation now that to tr- pack the Supreme Court. They've now introduced legislation all today for D.C. statehood, and, and I don't know about Puerto Rico, but they're going to try to get two more states so they can get two more senators. It's the full court press, ladies and gentlemen, to make sure they never lose power. The full court press is on. And it's it's amazing that we were having this conversation, what, eight months ago about exactly all these things that they were going to start pushing for. And, 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 you know, people might have been, well, that's a little crazy. They won't try that. And, and you, know, you just played the clip of Biden. And he says what? Definitively, none. Uh, you know, it depends, I guess. I guess now that he's in charge, huh, I guess I guess everything's on the table. Yeah, he, he's just, he's what he has always been from day one. He's a grifter. He's a liar. Everybody knows it. There's, there's, there's a 
hours of video showing not, Joe being Joe. No, everybody does not know it because he was able to stay in his basement for the most of the thing, uh, the election. He was able to go on interviews where people would say to him, what's what your feeling on packing the court? And he would continually respond and say, well, and I, I can't, if I answer that, immediately my answer becomes the story. And what needs to be the story is what they're doing now. And everybody would say, well, what are they doing now? And this was, of course, on the Amy Coney Barrett. You mean actually doing what the Constitution says? That's what they're doing now. He even got Chris Cuomo or uh, Jake Tapper, I think it was, to say, well, you can not like it, but there's nothing unconstitutional about what they're doing. So no, not enough people know that this guy's a vicious old liar and has been his whole career. Not enough people know he was hanging out with segregationists. Not enough people know about the crime bill. Not enough people know about a lot of stuff about Joe Biden. What he did with Bob Bork, what he did with Clarence Thomas, all of it. This guy's been able to just drift his way through, pretty much untouched, became the dumbest man ever to be vice president, and now the dumbest man ever to be president. See, I think a lot of people do know, but because he has a D next to his name, they're okay with it. That's fine. I'll vote for him. He's got a D. It doesn't matter what he says. It's just uh, uh, Republicans are evil. That's, That's all they know. That's how they've been trained. He almost didn't get out of South Carolina. I'm not really sure how you could say that. When he was in Iowa, Harry Oates, the executive producer, was telling me that they didn't even have money left in the campaign to get the bus fixed to get him to South Carolina. If it wasn't for Clyburn, Biden wouldn't even been in there. He would have been out with come out. That's the, that's the funny thing about the two of them. She had less support than skim milk, and he, had, he almost couldn't make it to South Carolina. And he had he had bought as much support as she did, which was none. And so that eighty million really looks possible now. Until Clyburn <laughs> came out for him. But the full court press is on. The full court press is on. So in all of this voting that's going on in the states, these states legislatures trying to put some fire safeguards into place now. It's all well and good. Uh, the mayor, I mean, the governor of Georgia now seems like he's come out of his hole and he wants to get into the fight now because he hated Trump personally, obviously, which is why he was MIA. That's clear to me, at least. Um, that's, you know, that's fine. You still have Republican governors across the country uh, telling kids they uh, have to wear masks in school in red counties. You have sheriffs in red counties um, enforcing mask mandates unconstitutionally. And you know why, right? Because the leftist lunatic media will vilify and ruin these people's lives if they don't play the game and, you know, this game of optics. They are under, they're, it's like they're being extorted by and the, by the media that doxes them. Oh, wait, this guy must, he must hate human beings and children if he may, doesn't let, he lets them be maskless. This is what happens. Everyone's so afraid of speaking the truth because they're afraid the whole life's going to be turned upside down on social media and 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 and, and yeah. mainstream media. Yeah, like if you come out for, um, you know, what do you call it? Coming out against abortion means you hate women and you hate their health. That right. it's just the way they spin it, and it's amazing. Now, now let me ask you something here, and I'm not sure if this has something to do with it, but I know Paul's brought this up. In the past regarding uh, Chief Justice, uh, what's his name? John Roberts. John Roberts. Is it possible that some of these 
people we can't trust the Kemps of the world who, you know, kind of show up and then duck out at certain times. Maybe they're being blackmailed. Is that something that could possibly be where they've they've got pictures or they've got deals that they've made in the pay? We're going to expose this. But before you go down that road, let's just say I know I agree with you. But let's just simplify it a little bit. How many politicians out there have been there for more than five, ten years have made a corrupt or dirty deal somewhere along the way? Right. That's what I mean, like the but deals the, that they make. Well, I think you were talking about compromising pictures of a higher level because we can't really say it on the show. Well, uh, you could go that way, but I was thinking more of, of like oh, you just that said, case, the I'll people that have been there, they've like made those saying, bad deals, right? Oh, in that case, never mind, because I could have sworn you were saying something else. But at any level... Uh, that might be construed as a bad deal, an illegal deal, even at the smallest level, will will kill their career. So once somebody plays ball and compromises themselves right. at any level, they are now beholden to the entire network and web of criminals. Right. Yes, they all I, hold it over each other. Right. That's what I was getting at. at yeah. That now they're part of the group, and now it's almost like it's almost like the uh, you know the five families. You know, when, you don't leave. Right. You don't just say or hey. Or Bohemian I'm, I'm Grove. Done. Right. All right, 13 past the hour, live from Studio 6B. More to do. We'll continue on this when we get back right after this. We'll do sports news. Got some more clips today. Got an article from Charlie Cook. He's got a little different take on what's going on. Let's hope he's right. All right, 17 past the hour, live from Studio 6B. So we're arguing, not arguing, but no, discussing just on the show. So, so Rick's saying, here's Rick's theory. Rick's well, theory. Well, let's, let's back up a little. No, let me lay the groundwork well, Rick first. threw me under the you bus first. No, I didn't throw Rick you under the bus. Rick said, Paul said this in the past because he didn't want to take it on no, himself. No, 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 okay. no. He... I did not throw you under the bus, my right, friend. Slick, Rick? I was trying to, I was trying to give you credit for I'm the John trouble. Roberts reasoning as to why he does what he does. Okay, let me. Let me lay the groundwork I'm before you. I, Fran, I'm going to ask you to turn the mics off in about two seconds here. Let me lay the groundwork. Rick says that Pelosi is able to keep all of these Democrats in line 100% because they never waver on any of this stuff. And you see the attack we're under on all of these things today in the last 48 hours. Uh, because Pelosi's blackmailing all of them or has something on them or someone has whatever the theory is. So my question is, then why doesn't that work 100% the same with the Republicans? Are, have they just not enough of them are as dirty as the Democrats? Are we allowed to speak now, theory? my lord? Yes. Go ahead. All right. So, he, all right. So I'm not speaking for Rick, but for me, I think these guys, all these politicians who have been there for two, three, four terms, lifelong, right? They all wheel and deal, do they not? They I don't all know. do each other favors? I don't know. All right, so there, there's no wheeling and dealing. There's some wheeling and dealing. There's a 75. How, you don't think these people are, you know, using their political influence for gain financially and, you know, and, and, and making land deals? My little village in Farmingdale, they, they, were, they ran it down. All the politicians who ran the town bought all the storefront, and then they cleared the zoning, and they put high-rises up on Main Street going for, going for 385000 for a one-bedroom. They all made tens of millions. That's a little tiny village. You're going to tell me these these senators and governors and, and, and politicians from every level aren't wheeling and dealing on deals that 
they they clear some zoning and they they've all done something a little shady. Yeah, it's called earmarks, and we're getting back to it. Okay, so when these shady deals go, once you compromise yourself for a buck, you really can't speak up the way you'd want to, and you have to kind of keep the the, the party line. Now I'm saying that the Republicans, the rhinos, are just. To me, it's a dog and pony show. They're like controlled opposition. They're like, they're like, all right, here, you play the role of villain for us here, and we'll keep the deal and going. And they, they all go out to dinner. They, they drink their $700 bottles of wine, and we're all waiting for the scraps off Longshank's table. You know, yeah. we're all plebs waiting for something to change, and nothing changes. They're like the Washington Generals playing the Harlem Globetrotters. Exactly. <laughs> You know, I and just a lot think, of times, a lot think, of times, these these Republicans, you know, and again, you refer to the Murkowskis, the Mitt Romneys, and you see some of the other names that voted for this UN ambassador. It's kind of striking when both both senators from Idaho, a very conservative state, voted yes. Um, it, it just makes you wonder. It's like, well, what the heck are they doing? Are they not are they not hearing from their constituents, or are they just saying, you know what? Uh, somewhere down the line, I might want to cash in this chip. So let me let me vote a yes and and make this look good. Well, I don't be, know. I mean, is that be, is that the way they do things there? I, I mean, don't to be know. fair, she said this yesterday. She was voted on, however long ago, even it was a couple days ago. The, the The issue comes that when they have her in front of her on to ask questions, they don't ask anything like that. Hey, do you believe America was uh, racism is born and uh, founded as part of the country and runs through our DNA and it's, it's never can be fixed and the country's irredeemable. <laughs> no, none of them asked that question. So then she gets approved because they ask, Oh, what do you, what's your feeling on the UN? Do you want to run around the world? What are you going to do? Nonsense like this. And they don't ask questions like that. And then she go gives this speech for the first time out in public. And what does she say? Oh, yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, I, firsthand I saw racism and white supremacies was weaved through the founding of the country or whatever right. the hell she said. Right. We saw lynchings in the South when we grew up. She, she hit all the buzzwords. Right. Well, well, if you compare that to Nikki Haley, she was confirmed 94 to 6. This woman was confirmed, what was it, uh, 78 to 20. So you got the Barrasso's, the Blackburn's, the Cotton's, the Crews. Joni Ernst, Chuck Rasley, a good line of, of Republicans that voted no. So obviously they heard something in that testimony that didn't that, that didn't give her the 94 to 6 that, that uh, someone like Nikki Haley enjoyed. 94 to 6. Well, yeah, obviously they did. But certainly, I, I mean, I didn't watch any of the hearing no, of what they asked her or specifically what. I mean, I did. I saw Cruz the other day with... Um, I uh, forget her name, but I mean, he asked her things that he had problems with her going in on specific things she had done. So I don't know if this, the UN ambassador uh, had a history of, I mean, who knows? But you got to do your homework before you get these people in front of you. You got to ask what's important to you. But the Republicans, most of them are just too willing to rubber stamp things when it comes to this, which is, we said all along. Kamala Harris didn't, didn't I don't think, was a part of not one tie-breaking vote, which is it just shows you they're not gonna they're not gonna play ball like the like the Democrats would if the if it was reversed if it was reversed Pence would be down there for every damn cabinet appointment because all fifty Democrats would have voted no right every one of them. <clears throat>
But they, they play ball a different way. That's just the fact. They play ball a different way. And we can figure out, try to figure out what the reasons are, but the, the bottom line is, whether it's the debt ceiling or anything else, the Republicans are always getting there, McConnell specifically, getting his ass kicked around there from, from uh, Schumer, whether he's, in, whether he's the majority leader or the minority leader. It doesn't really make a difference. It doesn't make a difference. It just always feels to me like pro wrestling. It just always feels like where they act like they hate each other. Captain Insano screaming at one guy, and <laughs> yep. and and then at the end of it, there's hey, good show, buddy. You know, like the in this live action role playing, you know, story just to prop up, you know, give hope to the Republicans, and then the red team says, yay, there's hope, and then the blue team comes in and swats them down again. It's just all. It just feels like theater so often to me. It's just, and then every, well, you know, who loses always us and who wins is the elite. You know, it's every time. It's always the same who end up winning. Yeah, and the government just keeps on growing and expanding and stretching and adding more people. And all of a sudden, you know, and what was it? I think there was a poll out yesterday that said D.C. is the worst place to live. The worst place. The capital of our country is the worst place. By most Americans' assessment, that's that's pathetic, and it's a it's it kind of sad when you. All right, let's let's take a um, let me take a little bit of a different approach to this. Kind of the same argument. I see. I'm not with Paul to to that level, especially not now. It'd be hard to convince me that any Republican is down with um, what's going on right now. Until I see them, until I see any one of them vote for it to this degree. Voting for a cabinet members, voting to expand the Supreme Court, get rid of the Electoral College, um, end the filibuster, or D.C. statehood, which are all now on the table. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not thinking, I don't think it's political theater at this point. I, I, this is, I just think they want to keep their jobs, and as long as they can keep their job and their family's okay, and they're set, and they're exempt from all the BS, I just don't... I don't think all of them care. Well, we'll find out. We'll find out if Paul's right, because I can't see one Republican go along with any one of those four. And if there is, I will be more shocked than I guess I would even supposed to be. Because this is, this is not, this is the future, the heart and soul of the country now. This is not a cabinet member or some appointee to some whatever. I mean, these are the foundational bedrocks of the country now that they're going after to, to, so they never have to not be in power. So we'll see.
30 minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B. Just a little bit of good news. MLB's favorability rating dropped from 47% to 12% among Republican fans after the All-Star game was moved. And in the same poll, they gained zero Democratic fan support. Catastrophic decision, as it is being described now by Commissioner Rob Manfred. He lit the league brand on fire. So did we'll you hear? We'll get see if woke that's, and you can go choke. Be yeah. calling for his head soon. And did you hear about? Be so uh, sure. What? Did you hear about Woca Cola? They they are uh, starting to backtrack from their initial statements on the voting law in Georgia, and Walmart has has decided. I think we're going to start to stay out of politics. So you know what? I think uh, I think we are making our voices heard in more ways than one. You know, hey, yeah. hey, look what happened with Goya. Listen, the market has to speak. It's the only. Yeah. It's really the only way we can yeah. stop this corporate. Like when all these corporations are colluding with one another. Yeah. Look, I'm a capitalist. I, I I believe everybody should be out there fighting to make a buck and be creative and not be completely encumbered by a giant bloated government. I don't think we should be nannied from from cradle to grave. I think if we had a if we didn't have a communist money system, we could have a free market. But these corporations are, are using the cloak of, of the good name of capitalism, but it's nothing. It doesn't even remotely resemble capitalism. See, it's, it's fascism and corporatism and its ugliness that is just completely. It's just a lie. And here we are. You got I got people yelling at me on social media last week saying, "Oh, what are you against capitalism?" No, I'm not against capitalism. I'm against corporatism. If you can't see the difference, that's on you, buddy. Wake up. Read a book. Yeah, and I, and I, I, I took that to heart, Paul. <laughs> well, I'm well, sure. What does that mean? Yeah. I, was, uh, I was making the joke that he was yelling at me. Oh, you're the buddy. <laughs> uh, Charlie Cook uh, has an article out today. He's got a little different take on what's going on, and let's hope he's right. Democrats are flirting with suicide in the midterms. Um, he says, as usual, the Democrats are now officially suicidal. Had Joe Biden been... What he pretended to be during last year's presidential election, he could have represented a real threat to the GOP. If he wanted to, Biden could have pocketed the Democrats' um, uh, gains among the affluent, picked off some of the working class voters that Donald Trump attracted and tamped down the activist energy that tends to hurt presidents in the midterms. But he and his party have certainly not done that. Yes, 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 Biden is currently doing fine in the so-called opinion polls. And yes, he's managed to get away with pretending that his expensive progressive wish list was COVID relief. But that won't last forever. And even if it does, the Democratic Party is uh, building up precisely the sort of brief that Republicans need to make the case against unfiled control, irrespective of the president's popularity. In the space of a month, the Democrats have proposed blowing up the Supreme Court, sloppily federalizing the entire election system, passing a slavery reparations bill, uh, resurrecting the Green New Deal, and prioritizing strict gun control, all while the crisis on the border worsens and the president's approval rating on that highly salient question hits disaster levels. Not only is this likely to prove toxic to the party next time people get to vote, the most likely outcome of the call to pack the Supreme Court will be to pack the House 
of Republicans. It's also likely to hurt its capacity to get anything substantial done. Up until now, the Democrats' playbook has been to insist that if Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema are unwilling to abolish the filibuster, then in practice, they are unwilling to save democracy with the must-pass H.R. 1. In response to this, Manchin and Sinema have said that they believe in congeniality and compromise. A good, even correct answer, but one that lacks any teeth, I agree. Now, though, Manchin and Sinema can point to far more concrete reasons uh, for their reluctance. The Democratic Party, they can say, is trying to destroy the judicial branch. Of course, we're not going to take a prerequisite step to make that possible, or at least their opponents can then say when discussing the topic. As of this moment, every moderate Democrat in the Senate and the House is on notice. Immediately after the 2020 election, members of the much-shrunken Democrat caucus in the House of Representatives began attacking each other. The defund the police talk has mostly faded away, but has been replaced with talk that is just as destructive and just as radical and just as unwelcome to any politician whose margin of victory begins with a zero. Worse still, with the exception of reparations, these ideas are not coming from the likes of Rashida Tlaib. They're coming from the Democrat leadership. Further gun control was announced in person by President Biden during a televised press conference in which he called upon Congress to prohibit the most popular rifle in the country. Biden, too, takes direct responsibility for the situation on the border, and he is implicated by the plan to pack the Supreme Court which was introduced by the chair of the House Judiciary Committee in which sits alongside a committee the White House has created to study the issue. Clearly, that's out the window. Aided by a compliant press, Democrats have overinterpreted a narrow election win and a dispirited opposition as proof that the country's finally ready for their policies and that the coalition of the ascendant has finally arrived. This could not be more incorrect. In 1937, when the last attempt to destroy the judiciary was proposed, the party enjoyed super majorities in both houses and a president who had won re-election in a landslide. Today, the Senate is split 50-50, and at the time of writing this, the Democrats have a 218 to 212 majority in the House, which means they can pass nothing on a party-line basis if there are more than two defectors. As the Washington Post points out, in, the 2020, in 2020, the Republican Party came within 90,000 votes of controlling all of Washington. This really is no time for suicide, for a suicide charge. And yet, here we are. So, that's just a little different take from Charlie Cook, but we'll see. All right, video of the day, video of the week, maybe video of the year, cut 40, G. This happened today on the house in the house and i can present it with no comment roll it well in your written statement you say now is not the time to pull back on masking physical distancing and avoiding congregate settings when is the time when do americans get their freedom back can you put your microphone on, please sorry when we get the level of infection in this country low enough that it is not a really high threat. What is low enough? Give me a number. What, I mean, uh, we, we've, we had 15 days to slow the spread, turned into one year of lost liberty. What metrics, what measures, what has to happen before yeah. Americans 
get my, their freedoms. Back. My message, uh, Congressman Jordan, is to get as many people vaccinated as quickly as we possibly can to get the level of infection in this country low, that it is no longer a threat. That is when. And I believe when that happens, you will see. What determines when? I'm sorry. What? What measure? What, I mean, are, are we just going to continue this forever? Or when does, when does, no. when do we get to the point? What measure, what standard, what objective uh, outcome do we have to reach before, before Americans get their liberty and freedoms back? You know, I, you're indicating liberty and freedom. I look at it as a public health measure to prevent people from dying and going to the hospital. You don't think Americans' liberties have been threatened the last year, Dr. Fauci? They've been assaulted. Their liberties have. I don't look at this as a liberty thing, oh. Congressman Jordan. <laughs> well, that's obvious. Of course As not. a public health thing. But, but, uh, the, I disagree with you, you on that. You think the Constitution complete. is suspended during, a, during a, a, a virus, during a pandemic? It's certainly not. This will end for sure when we get the level of infection very low. It is now at such a high level, there's a threat again of major surges. Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci over the last year, Americans' First Amendment rights have been completely attacked. Your right to go to church, your right to assemble, your right to petition your government, freedom of the press, freedom of speech have all been assaulted. I mean, for a year now, Americans haven't been able to go to church. Even today, when they go to church, they're limited in the size of, of, of worshipers who can meet. Your right to assemble? Oh, my goodness. We had a curfew last fall in Ohio. You had to be in your home at 10. In Pennsylvania, you had to be in your home. Uh, when you're in your home, you had to wear a mask. In Vermont, when you're in your home, you didn't have to wear a mask, Dr. Fauci, because you weren't allowed to have yeah. people over to your house. Yeah, yeah. Congressman Jordan. Your ability to petition your government well, for a year, for a year, American citizens haven't been able to come to their capital to petition their government to talk to their representatives and freedom of the press. These very pictures that Representative Scalise just showed you and talked about, Guess what? The press isn't allowed in those facilities. The press is not, the Biden administration will not let the press in there. And certainly freedom of speech. I mean, freedom, of, a governor of our third largest state meets with, with physicians and, that, and that's, that, that video is censored because they dare to agree, disagree with Dr. Fauci. So I just want to know, when do Americans get their First Amendment liberties back? You know, I don't think anything was censured because they felt they couldn't disagree with me. I think you're, you're making this a personal thing, and it isn't. It's not a personal thing. No, you are. That is exactly what you're doing. No, your recommendations carry a lot of weight, Dr. Fauci. We just had the, the chair yeah. of the Financial Services Committee said she loves you, and you're the greatest thing in the world. Will My the recommendations yield? are consistent. Will the gentleman yield? No, it's my, it's my now, time. Can I answer the question, please? My recommendations are not a personal recommendation. It's based on the CDC guidance, which is which is. And which I'm asking the question, what measures have to be attained before yeah. Americans get their First Amendment liberties back? I just told you that. I no, you haven't you. given anything specific. You said we hope when this third. Tell me specifically. Right now, right now we have about 60,000 infections a day, which is a very large risk for a surge. We're not talking about liberties. 
We're talking about a pandemic that has killed 560,000 Americans. I, I, and I That's get what that, we're Doc, talking about. And, and I don't disagree with that. And I understand how serious that is. But I also stand it's pretty serious when businesses have been shut down. People can't go to church. People can't assemble in their own homes with their friends, with their families. People can't go to a loved one's funeral. People can't get to their government, petition their representative to redress their grievances. Right. I also understand the First Amendment is pretty darn important. And it's been a year. And I want to know when right. Americans will get those First Amendment liberties right. back. Well, you just said people cannot assemble in their own homes. They can. That's a CDC recommendation for vaccine. Not last fall, they couldn't. I'm, I didn't hear. Not it. last fall, they couldn't. I, I didn't hear what he said. The gentleman's time has expired. Um, I'll give you one instance of when we can get. Is Hank Johnson. Our liberties back. Does no. it? It's been ninety percent. No. The members I, of the United States Congress okay. get vaccinated. Well, I want to know if that's what Dr. Fauci, is it 90 percent, Dr. I'm Fauci? Is it 90 percent? That's what I'm, that, that's what I'd like to know. Give me some, give us some objective standards versus when certain things get reached, we might be able to get back to having our liberty. When? What are the numbers? Well, You're going to see a gradual, um, from the, right now we're at an unacceptably high level. We're at, on a daily basis, it's unacceptably high regardless of who you are. What you're going to see as more and more people get vaccinated and we get over 3 million people a day, you're going to see the level of infection come down and down and gradually there will be more flexibility for doing the things that you're talking Where about. Where does it get to? When it comes down, what number do we get our liberties back? Tell me the number. When, Tell me the number. When 90% of the members of Congress get vaccinated. But you're not a doctor, Mr. Clyburn. He is. What is the number? I can't Thank give you for recognizing me, Mr. Clyburn. Thank the you. Chair now recognizes uh, for five minutes. I'd like minutes. my question answered. I don't, I don't want, I don't reclaiming want. Reclaiming my time. I want to reclaiming my time. Regular order. Regular order. No. Just the, a moment. Mr. Mr. Chairman, Mr. Chairman, I don't want you to answer my question. The American people want Dr. Fauci to answer the well, question. Right, what does it have to be? Fire, sir. All right, we're, we're back right after this. Live from Studio 6B, 13 till the hour. Time to do sports. And here with that's Rick Emirati. What's going on, pal? Hey, rough night. Finally, I get to speak. So it's rough on Twitch. I got R.H. Feld, who's saying rodeo now. I got uh, <laughs> one 1,000 feet above, I guess 1KFT above, saying ban MLB, add weather. So I better start getting my meteorology hat on. <laughs> and uh, let's get into sports. So on Jackie Robinson Day, the baseball world paid tribute to a legend. This is from ESPN.com. On this day in 1947, Jackie Robinson made his Major League Baseball debut, and in doing so, integrated baseball for good. Robinson faced opposition, turmoil, hatred, uh, went on to be Rookie of the Year, MVP, World Series champion. We all know the story. So every year, he's honored on April 15th by all the teams wearing his number, the number 42. Uh, so just wanted to recognize that before I get to the scores. And last night, we had another no-hitter. White Sox left-handed pitcher Carlos Rodon threw a no-hitter against the Indians. Uh, the left-handed threw the second no-hitter of the young baseball season and uh, losing his bid for a perfect game when he hit somebody in the foot in the ninth inning. So um, oh. tough, 
came very, very close, but they showed the replay. Definitely was hitting the foot. Would have been cool to see a perfect game. I haven't seen one of those in a while. Uh, and some uh, finals today. Padres over the Pirates, 8-3. to three. Twins over the Red Sox. Uh, that was 4-3. to, four three. to three. Yeah, uh, Max Kepler with the walk-off <laughs> single. Paul must have had action on that one. Plus one and a half runs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paul. Uh, Cleveland Indians over the White Sox, 4-2. to two. Uh, They bounced back from last night's uh, no-hitter that I just reported uh, on. Uh, Mariners over the Orioles. Somebody thought I said Oreos last night. You know, my New York accent, but I know I didn't say Orioles. Orioles. Actually, the Orioles lost the... Uh, a double-headed today. And uh, Diamondbacks right now all over the Nationals, 10-5. to 5, That's in the seventh. Rangers lead the Rays 4-3. to 3. Also in the seventh, uh, Royals shutting out the Blue Jays 7 nothing. That's in the fifth. Uh, Tigers visit the A's, and uh, the Rockies are at the Dodgers. Both those games uh, will be uh, starting just a little while. One at 9-40, the other one at 10-10, respectively. Um, and uh, Yahoo Sports reporting, Lamar- LaMarcus Aldridge is retiring from the NBA after experiencing an irregular heartbeat during the game. This is from Chris Seawick of Yahoo Sports. Brooklyn Nets big man LaMarcus Aldridge is prioritizing his health over his career. Aldridge announced his retirement from the NBA the- earlier today, revealing he experienced an irregular heartbeat during Saturday's game. Uh, the Nets just added them as a big acquisition this season, and uh, unfortunately at 35 years old, after 15 years in the season in, in the NBA, he said he's going to put his family first instead of basketball, and he has to retire. Had a good career. He averaged 19.4 points and uh, 8.2 rebounds per game over the, over that career and was a five-time NBA uh, all-team player. So uh, that's going to really uh, hurt the Nets as far as their depth goes, but... Uh, what are you going to do? In the NBA, just a few games in action t- uh, tonight. Uh, the Bucks over the Hawks, 109-90. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich has 26 points to lead all scorers. Unfortunately, he's on the long, wrong end of the team because he's with the Hawks. They're losing. And uh, the Warriors over the Cavaliers, 70-57. to Same story. Cavs' Colin Sexton with 21 to lead all scorers, but he's on the Cavs. That's in the third. Celtics visit the Lakers in the Staples Center at 10. And the Kings play the Suns in Phoenix, also at 10 p.m. NHL action. Uh, big upset tonight. The uh, Buffalo Sabres over the Capitals, 4-2. to two. And the Rangers, 4 nothing over the Devils. That's a final. Uh, Artemi Panarin with two goals for the Rangers. Uh, Jets over the Maple Leafs, final 5-2. to two. Hurricanes right now leading the Predators, 4-1 to one in the third. Lightning in overtime, 3-2 over the Panthers. Uh, two goals by Nikolai uh, Ellers and uh, Kyle Connor each had two for the Jets. Bruins, 4-1 over the Islanders. That's final. Uh, Penguins and Flyers right now in OT, tied at 1. Red Wings over the Capitals, 3-1 in the third. And Blue Jackets, 1-0 over the Stars in the second. Uh, another upset today, uh, Daniel Evans hands Novak Djokovic first loss of 2021 at the Monte Carlo Masters. It's an AP report. Top-ranked Novak Djokovic lost 6-4 and 7-5 to Daniel Evans on Thursday, earlier today, in the third round of the Monte Carlos for his first defeat of the year. Number three, Rafael Nadal had no problem breezing through past uh, Grigor Dimitriev, 6-1-6-1, to reach the quarters of a tournament. He has won on the record 11 times. It was an unusual sloppy performance for Djokovic, the Australian Open champion who has 82 career titles compared to one for his unseated British opponent. So, uh, yeah, rough day uh, for Jokovic to see him get knocked out so early. But, you know, even the big guys fall once in a while. Let's go to PGA Round 1 RBC Heritage Tournament. That's going on from now through the weekend. Harbortown Golf Links past 71 course. Hilton Head Island. Beautiful course in South Carolina. 
We have uh, the Australian Cameron Smith is the first day leader. He shot a nine under 62. And right behind him, just one stroke behind, is Stuart Sink from the USA. So uh, we'll keep an eye. As I always tell you, the guy in first on Thursday generally isn't the guy in the winner's circle on Sunday. Let's see if that continues to hold through. Hold, hold true. Um, and Yahoo Sports, Michael Jordan will be the presenter for Kobe Bryant's Hall of Fame enshrinement. Um, the enshrinement of the Basketball Hall of Fame's class of 2020 will take place in May after a long delay due to COVID-19 and the whole announced on Tuesday the names of the presenters who will honor all the new inductees on that special weekend. It's going to be very emotional. Uh, Jordan delivered a very emotional speech at the um, the memorial that they did for Kobe uh, when he had passed from the uh, helicopter crash that unfortunately killed him, his daughter, and uh, uh, several other people. Uh, Tim Duncan is being presented by David Robinson and Kevin Garnett, also by Isaiah Thomas, uh, two notable uh, inductees as well, going in with Kobe, the legend. And uh, NFL to partner with uh, bookmakers, Caesars Entertainment, DraftKings, and FanDuel. This is from David Purdom of ESPN. Uh, for the first time, the NFL is partnering with bookmakers in the U.S., another big step in the league acceptance of sports betting. The NFL announced earlier today a multi-year agreement with Caesars, DraftKings, and FanDuel, making this Sportsbook operators, the first official sports betting partners of the league. The partnerships are for five years, and according to a source familiar with the deals, are worth just fu- just shy of one billion. So I guess the NFL is trying to make up for lost <laughs> revenue last year. Um, and this report I got from uh, our good man Rick Delgado gave me a heads up on Jim McMahon said the Packers are the best organization I played for. Uh, Bears are where QBs go to die. <laughs> Yahoo Sports. Michael David Smith originally appeared in Pro Football Talk. This article. The only starting quarterback back to win a Super Bowl for the Bears has made some comments that won't go over well in Chicago. Jim McMahon, who started his career in Chicago and ended it in Green Bay, told 1252 Sports that Green Bay was the best franchise he was with in the NFL. You know, he went on to talk about how the Chicago Bears are just not a good place. It's a graveyard for, for quarterbacks and, uh, you know, I'm sure that's getting a lot of a lot of bite back. He should have been a Jet for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> he would have learned it the hard way, right? And uh, just one more quick big D. Uh, Dustin Poirier says that it was my mistake Taking Conor McGregor donation details public. Uh, now that they're getting a fight together, he's calming himself down a little bit. He apologized. Um, I guess there's a mea culpa being made here. And uh, again, we got that big fight on July yeah, 10th in Vegas. Two million dollars in his purse. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, originally they both agreed to, and on their second fight, they both agreed to kick in uh, half a million each. Or, you know, whoever won had to kick in a half a million, and he backed out on it. But I, I think they worked it out. Hey, big money to be had there. So, and that's a wrap in sports for this wonderful Thursday night show. All right, thanks, Rick. A couple minutes left here. Paul Nolan, anything else in the news we didn't cover today? We didn't talk about the O'Keefe thing on the air here since we've been on since 9 o'clock. So he's permanently suspended from Twitter after exposing CNN. After exposing CNN uh, live on camera, their own producer saying that they basically um, played into the deaths, uh, propagandized the whole thing with the numbers and the graphics and the charts and that their on-air hosts are basically just taking direction in their ear and he gets suspended and cnn's accounts are all still on uh, on twitter yeah uh, stunning it's, it's stunning in their own words video confessions suspended lies propaganda endless division of americans Endless race baiting, endless hate mongering. Eh, you're at the top of the algorithm. Pretty amazing. Facebook did some of that today Bizarre. too. You couldn't get to the New York Post. 
uh, from from Facebook. So, meanwhile, the Ukraine, Russia, Crimea, uh, at inches brinks of war. You know, Iran is under attack from Israel, and the U.S. has been warned by everyone, don't you dare get involved or we'll kick your butt. And Biden said, oh, what? Come on, man. All right, as always, we salute our military active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines. Thanks to everybody on the show. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Thanks, Real America's Voice. Most of all, thank you, the live from Studio 6B audience. We'll see you tomorrow night to wrap it up on a Friday night, regular time, 8 p.m. We'll see you then.